Hey, Business Building Warrior, it's your buddy, Jim. Got a great episode for you today with a guest, Muhammad, who speaks Arabic as his first language, but he's learned English. His English is phenomenal. He's from Palestine, which is so cool. He only learned of Amazon a few short years ago, and he's just got such a genuine story to share of his success. As soon as we ended this podcast episode, actually, I'm recording this introduction after the fact. But as soon as we ended it, he held up his cell phone and said, Jim, look, I just passed $300,000 in sales for the past 12 months. His business is on fire. He's using our replens strategy. He lives in a smaller apartment set up in Brooklyn, outside of Brooklyn, New York. Um, but he's running an incredible business. He's a one-man operation. He's hoping to hit a million dollars in 2021 in sales. That's his goal and he's well on his way. The first three months of this month, as we're recording this, we're in late March of 2021. The first three months, he's already surpassed his total sales for last year. His business is on fire. And get this, he works full-time in the healthcare profession. He's got a full-time nine-to-five business and he's building an incredible business using the replin strategies. There's some unique things he's going to share with us today that you're really going to enjoy. He talks about how he finds unique sources for his replants. So he doesn't have to worry about other people finding the same source and possibly challenging his prices and lowering the price and competition. So he's got a lot of products that he sells where he's either the only seller or he's one of just a small handful of sellers who are selling a lot of units every month. And he's got a really cool creative way that he finds these sources. You're going to enjoy hearing that today. He's a family guy with a young daughter. He's got a great heart. I think he's got the heart of a teacher and a heart of a leader as well. You're going to be hearing more from him in our community. I have a feeling. Can't wait to introduce this guy to you. So let's jump over and get Muhammad on the line right now. So Muhammad, my friend, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. It's an honor. Let's get into your story, man. Tell us. All right, man. So to understand where I am today, you have to understand my past too. I grew up in a little village in, in the southwest of Bethlehem, in the West Bank, in, in Palestine. And I've always been obsessed about computers, technology, softwares. But given the fact where I, I grew up, you know, I didn't have much chances of doing what I always dreamed of, of doing. You know, I grew up, went to college, just a normal person, studied English. And in 2016, that was the first time I heard about Amazon. I have never heard of what Amazon is in my whole life before that. I was doing a program in Washington, D.C., and I was living with a family, and, and my laptop keyboard broke down. So my host mother suggested to buy me a new keyboard through Amazon. I was like, what's Amazon? She said, oh, it's a service where you get your stuff delivered to your door in, in two days. I said, wow, that's cool. I should do the same in Palestine, except it's not going to work because we have no addresses there. So I still have a picture of the keyboard when it was delivered by the door and I showed it to everyone in Palestine. I was like, dude, like they deliver <laughs> stuff to your home. The and things I we take for granted. That's amazing. That was, I mean, just I know. The, the whole concept of having something delivered after being raised, you said you have no addresses. 
So where you no. where you were raised, there's no there's no delivery of any kind of anything, not even mail. <laughs> That's funny. No. <laughs> wow. No, no. So what like a diverse. If you, if you want to buy something from someone, you know, recently people started selling stuff on Facebook. So you have to explain to them, hey, my home is the brown house. That's next to the gas station before you hit the supermarket as soon as you enter the village. Wow. And if you, if you see a cow, you've gone too far, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's wow. like the things we take for granted in America. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I even wrote on Facebook. I, I have a, like a few thousand friends on my Facebook and I wrote and I said, yo, guys, like I got this delivered to my home today. Like this is amazing. You know, and then things moved. I, I came to New York City for the first time in my life in 2016. You know, I met someone and then I went back to my country. She decided to come follow me. We lived there and we came to the U.S. to visit a few times. And in 2018, we came back to the U.S. to, to visit her family. They still live here. And we found that we were having a baby. We wanted to have a baby, but we didn't know how fast it's, fast it's going to happen. So then, you know, we debated and we decided to stay. Back then, Jim, I like imagine working in a country like Palestine and, and, and like your monthly salary is $500, $600 a, a month. And you can't survive on that money in Palestine. Imagine living in New York City with that type of money. So we both were broke, like we had nothing, but yet we decided to stay. We have, you know, family, friends here. We stayed with them for a few months and then we both got jobs, basically. Just normal people, you know, just getting a job, going in the morning to your job, coming back. But I still, in, in the back of my head, I was thinking, I am now in the United States. I can chase my dream. I, I want to do something with computers. So let's do that. And you know, when you accidentally hit something or search a keyword and every single advertisement you get is about that keyword. Right. Like right. you even get people in your sleep while sleeping, people <laughs> coming to you in your dreams telling you about yeah. selling it on Amazon. You know, it's, sure. it's crazy. So I came across Amazon by the end of 2019, around November, December, and I decided to give it a shot. I did not know about online arbitrage. I did not know about retail arbitrage. All I knew about is that you go to a manufacturer in China, you put your label on the product, you come to Amazon, you sell, oops, you're rich. But, you know, that sounded like a dream, you know. Right. Like That's what very... they teach on YouTube, right? That's what all the yeah. gurus on YouTube are teaching. <laughs> exactly. And like they show you all of these screenshots. I had, this is how much I make. But to me, remember, Jim, to me, it wasn't even about money. To me, it was about me connecting with a computer, doing something I, I wanted to do. So that's why I started this whole thing, because I just wanted to sit on my laptop work on a software, learn, learn that software. You know, I can't start from zero at that point because I was having a baby, but it would have been nice to have like a side hobby of something that I always wanted to do. I started learning Helium 10, Jungle Scout, all of these softwares. I was having so much fun doing that. I invested $2,000. My products came to the US. I was so happy with that labeled them, sent them to Amazon. 
the second day, I got my product to rank in, for 5,000 bestseller rank in Home and Kitchen. And the fourth or fifth day, all of these sellers came out with, with new listings cheaper than my price. And they had that product I was selling bundled with a few other things. So like as a buyer, you're not going to buy mine or more expensive with five, 10 reviews while you have the opportunity to do... Wow. To yeah. get something, you know... What, less, and that's such a roller coaster experience you just described. The, the elation of, I'm going to do this. And then like, okay, I'm going to have to drop some money now. Here's my products. Oh, they're selling. Oh, wait. Here's all the competitors. And this is just coming at you. It's like highs and lows, ups and downs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And remember at that point, I, I had, we had the baby, the baby was born and, you know, every single, every single penny we had, we, we wanted that money. But my wife has been always supportive of me. So she said, if you really want to do this, just go ahead and do it. So I said, well, I had $4,000 saved from the time I had worked in the United States. And I said, I'm going to, you know, invest half of that. And again, Jimmy, remember, it wasn't about money. It was about me doing something. I want to do something I enjoy for the first time in my life. So as soon as you start enjoying it, it just takes you down and crushes you. So you lost hope at this point. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Those $2,000 worth of inventory, you sold a few, but it stopped. Uh, The rest is in my basement. (laughs) Still right now. Yes. We hear that. Every time time I look at it. So often. It's so sad. (laughs) You've probably heard me say this on the podcast before because you'd mentioned you listened to the episodes, but so many people come into our community with a garage or a basement or an in-law's house full of inventory they don't know what to do with. And their first question is, can you help me sell this? It's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But we can tell you where the profitable inventory is. That problem we can help you address. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm like once in a while, I would I just give a few a few of them away to my neighbors, to my family. Hey, <laughs> like send me one. I, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just want to get rid of them, and you know I can't leave them outside. You're tired of looking at them. I, I've had those deals. You know, never something where it's multiple hundreds of units, but you know more than we wanted. And you, there's almost a mental exhaustion just looking at the product. You just want to move on with your life and be done with it. Never see it again, right? It's like, someone but, take it. But Jim, to me, it's like when I look at these products, I remember where I came from. And you, when I look where I am now today, mm. these products were one of the reasons that I, I'll tell you in a little bit. Yeah. How well, that reminds me, not to interrupt you, Mohammed, but there's Jim Rohn. R-O-H-N. He's one of my favorite guys to listen speak about sales and marketing and business. He has a saying that says, when you lose in life, you have a choice. When you've made a bad decision and you've lost, you have a choice. You can focus on the loss, which isn't good, or you can focus on the lesson. And I have a feeling you're a focus on the lesson kind of guy. I am a positive type of a person. Like I lost $2,000. So I lost 25 years living in Palestine. That doesn't change what the future is going to look like. You know, it, it's like, if you sit down and do nothing about it, it's just going to be, it's just going to be the same ordinary guy that wakes up, goes to his job, comes back tired, exhausted, goes to bed. That, And like, by the end of your life, what did you do? And that's what I love about you and your community. You have done something, Jim, that 
you know, in a hundred years, people are going to be talking about how good this thing is. And <laughs> I didn't want to be someone who's not going to be never mentioned again, you know? Yeah, I want to yeah. be someone who my child can look up to me and be like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you did to me. Man, good for you, Mohammed. I love you, your heart, buddy. You. I love your thank heart. You. Yeah. Thank you. Look, Jim, I am hungry. And by that, I mean, I always want to eat. I always want more. I always want to achieve more. I always want to do more. And this will never happen if I keep sitting down here and crying about that $2,000 I lost. No, that $2,000 was made and made for a long time ago, probably the second month. That's not the issue. The issue is where do I go from there? Yes. So that's when I was texting a friend of mine. And, and by the way, Jim, back then we were living in like a one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, New York, one of the busiest cities in the world. Well, you, the you most- picked one of the top five most expensive places in the world to live. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a cheeseburger's $15 in that town, man. <laughs> I did not pick that. Trust me. My wife was born and raised here, so she wanted to live where she was born and raised. I was like, I'm not going to stand in the way of that. Yeah. Oh, I, I understand completely. But it was just more reason to be motivated to make something happen, right? Yeah. Because you go out, you see every every person hears something. Every person here is doing something. Hmm. Like... Even the people that work nine to five are having like a really good jobs. You know what I'm like? If you just sit down here and do nothing, it's just going to, the city is going to eat you, crush you and, and throw you away. And if coming from a village in Palestine to New York City. <laughs> That's culture shock. I cannot be just sitting down and doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That work ethic is, it's infectious. You see like yeah. all, all these busy people doing things. I love a big city. I love a crowd and seeing people going. You wonder like, where's that person going? What are they doing? They have so much intention in their face and they're just like their drive. And you know, what, what do they do with their life? They're doing something of value for others and getting paid well to do it. Like, what is it? Uh, and just all the opportunity. Yeah, that's, oh, you know, we're really, I mean, I could do a whole show and I've got all kinds of this stuff. I love thinking and talking and reading about how the worldview of a culture affects how that culture develops, how opportunity develops. And it's inarguable that the greatest economic opportunities in the history of the world are in the United States. Well, why is that? Well, it's because of the economic freedom and liberties that we have here. Like you said earlier, Muhammad, you can come here and if you want to do something, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to build something, build it. No one's stopping you. Make it happen. Go for it. Exactly. And, and that's pretty unique in human history. It really is. Uh, it's unique to have that kind of opportunity. So I think we take it for granted sometimes as Americans, as, as, as Westerners, I guess you could say, because that culture is kind of infected, you know, and, and gone virally to many cultures. And we're living better across the planet right now than any point in human history across the board because of those concepts. But that's me getting a little political. I don't want to do that. I want to hear your story. Yeah, I, I would just a quick point. If you want to talk, you know, if you want to talk about that, maybe there, there are some things we're taking for granted in Palestine as well. You know, we have running water. Some other right. countries don't. Many places so, don't. So it, it's again, it's about how you perspective view things exactly. And if you just want to look at the bad things and and just cry about them, you're not going to go anywhere. You yeah, always so have good. to pick some positive thing and just be happy about 
that one thing in your life and just work on... Do you have a YouTube channel yet? You need to have a YouTube channel to share your journey. I'm not that type of a person. No, I know you, but the people who say that make the best. The people who think they were born to be on YouTube, I can hardly take it. I can't, yeah. I can't handle I don't watch those people. The people who say to themselves, oh, I'm, I'm not that kind of person to ever be on YouTube. That's gold. Nancy Alexander is a friend of mine that comes to mind. She's got a global following now of people that just love her. And she teaches mainly women, often with you know, some kind of a health issue or health challenge or some kind, how to make crafts and sell them online. I had to work on her for a year to get her to make a video on YouTube because she said, well, you just, I'm not a YouTube person. I don't want to be on video. You look at her now. <laughs> she's got this huge following. She loves That's what she amazing. does. She's adored. I had someone come up to me one time at a church meeting, Muhammad, and they said, hey, are you that guy that could introduce me to Nancy Alexander? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> She's well known around the world now. And, and, but we had to really push her. So I'm just encouraging you and listeners too. Don't be reluctant if you've got something to share. And, and I love your heart, Muhammad, and your story. It's very unique. You've got such a great perspective. And I'm talking too much. I can hear the listeners out there going, let Muhammad talk. This guy's awesome. <laughs> but I just want to drive this point home. You've got a lot to share well beyond this podcast. I know that's true. And, and I think we're going to be connecting at many points in the future as well. I just, I, I kind of get that feeling about people, man. And I'm excited for it. But let's keep your story going. I hope so. I, I really do. So we were living in a really small apartment. It, it was just too crowded, man, to live there. <laughs> we had jobs, but we want, we wanted to know, like, should we spend more money on getting a bigger place or should we for now just save up some money, make something of our lives and, and then move on? So we moved to a bigger apartment. It, the price wasn't much of a difference in a, in a better area, better neighborhood. Because like my uh, native language is Arabic and I wanted my, my daughter to, to grow up hearing it. I wanted her to speak my language fluently. I, I exclusively speak my language with her. So that's why we decided to move to a neighborhood where Arabic is spoken more often. On more prominent, sure. And your English is phenomenal, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, just my grammar sometimes, it's, it's bad. <laughs> no, no it, it really, I mean, I know people who were born and raised and speak only English who aren't as fluent as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're doing great. So I texted a friend of mine and we were talking, you know, and I said, oh, by the way, I started an Amazon business. It went to the top overnight. And then the second night, it was just even underground. I was like, oh, no way. A friend of mine is doing it. Let me introduce you to him. And this was my first mistake, Jim. He gave me the guy's phone number. I texted the guy and I told him, Hey, this is Muhammad. John gave me your contact information. I hope you don't mind giving a cup of coffee with me. And the mistake was, is you never ask an Amazon seller to, to come meet you in person, to ask them to have coffee with you. Because their time is valuable. Because I didn't know the guy laughed. And until today, I've known him for over a year now. Until today, we have never met in person. And I tell you a bit about him. Sure. So this guy, he's one of your students. He is, I wouldn't say very active in the community, but he's one of the people in, in the class. When he started telling me about online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, I just started laughing. Like, how in the world am I going to be able to get 5,000 
500 products that will sell 10 units somewhere. Like, how do I do that with the limited time I have? He said, he is a full-time teacher though. He does this full, uh, he teaches full-time. He has three kids, three young kids. And when he sent me a screenshot of his sales, my mind was blown away. Uh, he's going to be listening to this, so please forgive me. <laughs> so he was doing over $60,000, $70,000 a month in, in sales with about, I'd say, 50 to 100% return on investment. So that was really good. Like, even though, you know, he's a teacher, teachers don't get paid really well. But like, think of the future his kids are going to have. So when I saw his numbers, I was like, oh, now we're talking. Now I love online arbitrage. I love retail arbitrage. I need to learn. So over, over the time, this guy held my hand like you hold a baby's hand. Because we had so many things in common. So, so we became friends. We would be talking on the phone while, you know, he's tripping or doing something and explaining to me what Keepa is. He would be telling me what stores are best to, you know, to go and source from. So he was giving me all of these tips. He was like, this is what a Keepa chart looks like. You go sign up for Keepa, pay for it. And he would give me access to his uh, VAs listings and, and be like, just go through them. Think for yourself what might sell, what might not sell. And then we would meet, talk about it. Throughout the, this whole time, I just kept asking him one question. How do I ever pay you back? <laughs> He kept saying, you pay me back by paying it forward, oh, by teaching yes. someone who needs it. Yes. I was like, are there people like you in the world? Yeah. People like this guy. And I can, and I mean, I could just connect you both together if you are interested in listening to his story. I'm not going to go deeper in that. But I just thought to myself, if this guy is willing to take his time to teach me who he never met. We're just good friends of one person. Then the word is good. But why? Why does he want to do that? Well, later I found out he's just a good person trying to do a good thing. But also Amazon sellers have a thing where people don't believe how much money they can make. People think of Amazon as, I don't know, as, as like a minimal business that doesn't do well. Right. You don't have to go very far to find people complaining as Amazon sellers. Amazon's own discussion forums, if you go into Seller Central and you go into their discussion area, mm -hmm. it's toxic. It's, yeah. it's horrible. It's disaster story after disaster story. So to actually have a community of people who are succeeding and sharing, and you've heard my cake versus candlelight analogy. That's the, We've very intentionally built that into our culture. Have you heard that, Muhammad? Cake versus no. candlelight? Let me share it with you. I yes, think it's going to resonate with you, with your friend. You said his name was John? No, no, no. John is... John is introduced you to another seller. We don't yeah. need to use his name. That's I'm okay. not going to use his name because yeah, I we don't, wanna, don't, we don't have his... his permission. Yeah, exactly. I don't want people to be bothering him. Understood. But uh, part of our culture that we, we, just, we build it into our podcast episodes, into our content, into our, our events is you are not among competitors right now. You are among people who are cheering for your success. Yes, there's two different worldviews you can have about success. You can have a cake worldview about success, or you can have a candlelight worldview about success. The cake view of success says, well, if Muhammad and Jim succeed and they get, each get their piece of the cake, and then a couple other people succeed and get a piece of the cake, pretty soon there's no cake left. 
So you better be fast. You better get as big a piece as you can, as fast as you can, because pretty soon the cake is gone. That's the cake vantage point of success. We have a candlelight vantage point of success in this community. And what that means is, as many people who want to succeed can succeed. It's like candlelight. We're never going to run out of candlelight. We can light as many candles as we want and it just gets brighter and better for all of us. And that's our philosophy here is we want more sellers succeeding in our community because every time one of them comes in, like you, Muhammad, coming in and starting to succeed, you're going to have new ideas and new perspectives, new opportunities to bring to the community. You might even create a course or some content based on a unique perspective that you have, a unique opportunity that you've discovered. So candlelight. We're a candlelight community. And a lot of dollar communities are, are a cake-based community. It's like dog eat dog, me versus you. You're a competitor. Why would I ever help you um, type of attitude? So that's the cake versus candlelight. And I think what you've kind of observed is there's a lot of that type of thinking in this community. Yeah. I mean, one thing this guy always tells me is there is room for everyone. Exactly. That's what he always says. That's right. And this is something I always think about when someone asks me about my business. I always say, listen, if you need to start, you should, because Mm -hmm. we're not going to be competing over anything because I have my own ways. You're going to come out with your own ways to make the best out of it. It, It's it's just, there's room for you. There is room for me. Why not do it? That's why I, I always encourage also my friends and here in the, in the U.S. especially. That look, if you're going to be tied your whole life in a nine-to-five job, this is not healthy. This is not... By the time your kids are in their 20s, they're going to look at you and be like, how much time did you spend with your kids? How much time did you spend connecting with your kids while being away at work or either sleeping because you're tired of working? Yeah. So, um, Jim, I, I started waking up every single day at six in the morning looking videos on YouTube, um, um, you know, uh, checking my, my friends' uh, VA listings, looking at leads, then, you know, talking to him, discussing these leads with him. He's like, why do you think this, is, this can make money? Why do you think? So between six and eight in the morning, I would just do that. I would just look at his VA leads, look at Keeper, analyze, think why this could be a good lead, why it couldn't be a good lead. And then I go to work, come back from work, and I cannot wait until we talk on the phone so I can tell him what I thought about the leads his VAs provided for that day, Um, which helped me a lot because like maybe for two, three weeks, I was just doing Keeper, only Keeper. I was not trying to find leads on my own. I was not trying to find anything on my own. Just evaluating a lead and see how good that lead is. Um, and by the way, now I, I have a very strict policy because of that tra- mental training I did to myself about Keeper. Um, I could buy something that makes, you know, that sells 10 units a month. That makes me $20 profit. But what if someone returns a unit? then your whole profit is gone. So to me, I work on a stricter type of thing that I will explain to you in a minute and how I got there. Sure. So after I got done with Keepa, he's like, all right, so now your turn. Just 
go out and find leads. I was like, hey, you cannot do this to me. So in the beginning, he said, look, just go buy this item. He gave me one ASIN and he said, go buy this item. Uh, I still sell this item. It's been a little, it's been almost a year. I still sell that item. Last month, I sold 600 units of that item. Each unit makes $21 in net profit. That's one item. So when I got that item, I started looking on items from the same brand. And I found a few. But then in my head, is like, what if something happens to this brand? Then I, I won't be able to make any money anymore. So then I started looking on similar items because I already sell this item. So other items must be selling as well. And I started finding these items. But the issue was the place where I was getting these items would have discounts in store only. They have a website, but they, they wouldn't have discount. And if you want to buy through the website, you won't be able to make enough money. Or you will be making money, but not the money you want. You know, It was when COVID started, Jim, I used to take the subway to go to the store, having like five, six masks on, on me, like a face shield. And <laughs> right. A oh my jazz God. mask. And yeah, I've seen to the, the pictures. Store, go to the store. during COVID was crazy especially in a city like New York, mm -hmm. like overcrowded city, taking yep. the subway. But I was like, listen, this is for me. This is for my future. I have to do that. I have to take the risk. If I don't take the risk now, I will never take the risk. Wow. So I go to the store, buy the items, come back, started going to different stores, finding different items. But the issue was, I have to go out every single day to find items because these items, if the store doesn't have them on sale, I won't be able to sell them. So to me, it was like I was making money, but like that money is not worth my time. You know, I'm missing a lot. My daughter is growing up and I'm working nine to five. Five, I go to the store. I come back home by nine or ten. So I'm missing a lot here. And I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want money to be in between me and my daughter connecting. So I started talking to my friend who, in about October, September, he mentioned the Riplins method. He said, you just got to look for products that you can always buy and you can always sell. So then I decided to take the course. I said, well, I'm just going to take the course and see where it goes. My sales doubled the month I started doing this. And since October or September, I have not been in a store. I have wow. in person. I have not been in a store in person. The only product I sell since 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 last March, and by the way, March is when I started doing uh, online arbitrage. March of 2020. So it's been a year and almost a month. Okay. The only product I sell is that one product my friend told me about. I sell maybe like 500, 600 units every month, just that one product with about $20 profit and 150 return on investment. For, wow, from, that's great. From so just, so you've, you're only selling one ASIN? No, I have over 150 ASINs now. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, no, I won't. I, I'm not that stupid. To, if something happens to that product, then... Yeah, I was a little concerned. I, I thought you I said do? that was the only thing you were selling now. But just no, that one, one product alone is doing really well for you, you're saying. Yes. But you have yeah. 150 other products. Yeah. Very good. Um, 
No, that one product that I kept selling from last March, everything else after October is new. The, everything right. is a new right. ASIN. So you like found I keep this thing. Three plans that you found using the strategies we teach in the course. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Before I started doing this, I just want to mention this to people who are listening. Do not, please, please, please do not scan the barcode. Do not search the barcode unless you are out of keywords. The last thing you should do is scanning the barcode. I was doing this. I was finding products that will break even. But the same products would have a listing with no UPC code that I started to find after I started using Jimmy's method of searching by the keyword. That's a great point you just made. I would estimate that at most, half of the listings on Amazon have a, have a UPC code listed with the product. So when you scan a barcode, you're missing out on at least half, if not more, of the potential results you could be seeing. If, even if you, because if you scan a barcode, it, just, it narrows down and you're saying, hey, Amazon, I only want to see a tiny fraction of the results that you have for me. Maybe even just one product, which is ridiculous. I'm not anti-scanning barcodes, but if that's all you're doing, you're missing out on 70 to 90% of the opportunity that's out there. Uh, oh, I am very it. much anti-scanning barcodes because I, I've been there. I, I saw it myself. When you scan a barcode, if you're getting something on Amazon, you're getting one ASIN, only one. If you are searching the keyword of that same ASIN, you are getting two packs, three packs, four packs, five packs, right. multiple flavors. Yeah, those you're getting related. PC codes. You're getting related products. I mean, anyone can try this. Type in a common brand name on Amazon.com, like you're a shopper, and look at the results that you get. It's not just that brand. Amazon is an unpredictable search engine, meaning you can go back tomorrow and type in that same keyword and you're going to get different results. And there's going to be different brands mixed in. People who searched for this product also bought these products. And so you find all these opportunities when you start searching by keyword using brands, like the, a popular brand and the word bundle or a popular brand and the word pack, P-A-C-K, or popular, just the, the popular brand name and then one of the common flavors maybe. Yeah. It comes in 15 flavors, type in the brand name and the word chocolate and just see what comes up and look for these anomalies, these, these items that look overpriced. You can see them right on the screen. So when people yeah. say they can't find replans, typically it means they're probably still scanning barcodes. Mm -hmm. in my mind. <laughs> that was me a few months ago. <laughs> but I am fortunate enough to have that friend that introduced me to this method. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the people that knew that this method existed. If I didn't know about this, Jim, I would have been stuck going to stores until today, you know, scanning and barcodes with spending endless hours away from my family, not, not having enough income coming back. One of the things my friend keeps telling me is, your time is money. Right. The time you spend drinking water is money. The time you spend sleeping is money. I want to make money in that time. I want to make money when I am eating dinner. I want to make money when I'm doing my nine to five job from a different stream of income. That's my goal. I don't want to be tied to the nine to five job right. to make money only from that job, which by the way, I have a great job. I am a healthcare worker and I love 
doing my job, but it doesn't full-time? give me full time, nine to five, but it doesn't give me the satisfaction I am getting as an Amazon seller. Because I could be what I want to be as an Amazon seller. You have to be, you know, a, a marketer. You have to be a copywriter. You have to be a software engineer. You have to be all of these things. And that what makes you stronger. That what brightens your, your mind and opens more opportunities for you. Your job will send you in one direction. In 40, 50 years, you're going to be a supervisor or a manager making $100,000. Well, you can make that on Amazon in a month. <laughs> so true. That's so true. I mean, we, have, we have a community full of people doing that. And not to go off on too much of a trail, but the whole concept of having a job is a fairly modern, in all of human history, it's a fairly modern concept. And it's, it's not necessarily one that is, can be supported as all that of a, a beneficial concept. Like, you know, most of human history, the successful people in any culture were the entrepreneurs, the business owners. So you were an apprentice and you learned to craft, learned to scale, then became a business owner. And the whole concept of a job that you keep for decade after decade is, is a pretty foreign concept uh, for most of human history. Um, yeah, it, and you look at the opportunity we have now, here you are with a full-time job, a young daughter you want to spend time with and your wife and, and you're able to do it. And I think you're probably dreaming of making that transition at some point uh, because of the internet opportunities that you've been exposed to. Um, so th- th- there's something I feel that's really important. I want to share with you and to everyone that's listening. First of all, Jim, the only reason I am still doing my nine to five job is because I don't want to pay for health insurance. Sure. My wife is is a consultant and she's looking for, for a job that's going to give us benefits. As soon as she gets a job, I'm leaving my job. Wow. I'll tell you in a minute what my Amazon is making versus my job. Amazon is making about five times a month that when my job pays me. Wow. That's and phenomenal. Let me tell you something. The past seven days, Jim, I have not done anything on Amazon, nothing except checking my sales because I have had a very busy week uh, at work. So I wasn't able to, you know, move my time around and find time to do the stuff I want to do. Uh, in those past seven days that I did not do anything on Amazon at all, except checking my sales. I have over $12,000 in sales with about 40% net profit. Who in the world makes that money with no work? <laughs> well, you've done the work and now you're getting paid. And that's a beautiful model that you've built up. And that can be just one of the many income streams that you yeah. have. You know, I encouraged you earlier to check out a YouTube channel. Make, it, make a YouTube channel, show, share your story. I think it's very compelling. I think maybe you even make it in your, you know, your native language, Arabic, perhaps. And you can be an Amazon expert to people who have a different worldview about what opportunities are actually out there. Convince them, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we don't have anyone on our team that's fluent in Arabic that could help people <laughs> come, come around and learn Amazon. Uh, you know, there's opportunity there for you. So this could just be the, the tip of the iceberg, as we say, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just want to go back a little bit on, on how I found my best products because I feel these are really important tips that I'd like to share to with everyone that's listening. I exclusively sell groceries now. That's the only thing I sell. I am ungated okay. in so many categories like beauty, health, 
the only thing I sell is groceries and, and that one product. It, it's in a different category. In October, September, because I didn't want to go back to stores, I wanted to find unique wholesalers. Basically, if you go on Google and, and type in wholesaler, you, we, we both are going to end up finding the same one. We both are going to get products, list them on Amazon, start tanking the price, sell out, lose the money. And so you have to be creative on how to find your own wholesalers. Remember where I told you I live, Jim? I live in a very diverse city. In my neighborhood, there are Chinese people, Arabic-speaking people. Russian people, Korean people, white people, black people. Each type of people have like kind of a supermarket that has the type of food these people consume. What I used to do, I used to take my phone, go out at six, seven in the morning when, when they get the trucks, when they unload the, the stuff and just take pictures of the trucks. The truck usually says the name of the wholesaler and their phone number. Beautiful. But this is not the point. Then you could, you know, I found a truck on the street. You could type in that in Google and find the same truck. Sure. So I, then like by the end of the day, I would go on, on Google, search the name of the company. If any result comes out to me, I would just, I would just leave it. I wouldn't even bother talking to them. If I can't find anything on the internet related to that company, then I'd call them mm. and get their product listing. That's a great tip you just shared. If they're easy to find on the internet, you ignore them. If they're hard to find on the internet, now there's opportunity. That's brilliant. Most of my best-selling products are Russian, Russian products. Do you know how I found... Do, do you know... Do, I, I was on my bike. I was biking. And I saw some, some, something. I'm not going to say the name of the company, of course. Sure. Uh, but it said wholesale. So I just took a picture, went home, didn't find them on the internet. Their price list is so bad that when I saw it, I said, how in the world am I going to go through this? But then I convinced them to let me go to their warehouse with the price list I have and just look at the products. So I used to spend a few hours in the warehouse comparing what's on the price list, the products. At that point, I needed to scan barcodes because I don't know how to speak Russian, basically. <laughs> <laughs> sure. When I scanned the barcode, I used to scan it just to get the, the name of the brand because it's written on Russian. So like whoever posted on, uh, listed on, on Amazon would have translated that into English or wrote that into English. So I'd find like a brand, like things that look similar. Uh, I wouldn't know their brand, but, you know, the logo would look similar in, in Russian language. And I would take the name of the brand and just search it and start comparing what this wholesaler has in stock versus what's on Amazon. Most of these listings now have me and two, three other people. Most of these listings are 20,000 bestseller rank, 15,000. It could go to 50,000, but they're selling really well. Right. And That's no one else knows about this. My other wholesaler is Peruvian. I've never eaten like something Peruvian. Right. I found it the same way. This was on my bike. I saw it. And, you know, I searched on the internet, didn't find anything. I 
asked for their price list. And now it's me and two, three other people that know about this wholesaler. You too should not be tied to Google. You too should go be creative, find your own way of, of finding, of getting a wholesaler. Yes, whole, most people say wholesale is, is not good. There, there is few money in, in wholesale. But last month, uh, my return on investment was 137% from wholesale. Because I'm not using the traditional way everyone on Google is, is, you know, on YouTube is saying to use. And when I find these wholesalers, I don't do what other people do. I don't scan UPC codes. I do what Jimmy said to do. I search keywords. That's right. As an example, here's some of the, some of our great sellers right now are Burmese from, you know, Myanmar, which is a country in crisis right now, unfortunately. But, but some of our great products are in a language. To me, it's a beautiful scripted language. I have no idea. It looked to me like someone's drawing circles and squiggles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a language? Yep, that's a language. But you can copy paste that language, scan a barcode, copy paste that language into Amazon mm-hmm. and it'll pull up <laughs> the Burmese version and the English version of that product, and you can search uh, and see what's you know what's selling well on Amazon. And uh, but I love your idea of if it's on Google, ignore it. Basically, because there's everyone, a lot of wholesalers out there that aren't on Google. They're the small, maybe they're more backwards. They've probably been around forever and said, "Ah, who needs the internet? We've been doing business this <laughs> way since since the '30s when great grandpa owned this place. You know, we've been <laughs> online." But they've got some products that sell. Those guys are out there. There's a lot of them. That's a great tip. These people love me, uh, Jim, because oh, sure. every month I'm buying 15,000, 20,000 worth of inventory from them. They're like, you're just buying as much as your whole neighborhood buys. Right. What do you do with that stuff? I get their truck says the name and, and they have the word candy. When they come here, many people stop me and ask, do you have a supermarket down in the basement? Because like they have three, four ballots and, you know, it's people think I am selling stuff in my basement. Right. But, but I always say you should check e-commerce to those passing me on the street. Just it's working for me. It could work for everyone. And yeah. one yeah. thing I would like Send to send them to our podcast. Exactly. It does work. And I'll tell you in one second how much money I started with online arbitrage and how much money I ended last year with. But before I do that, I want to tell you one more tip. When I found this Russian wholesaler, I tested some products, right? When they sold, I didn't go back to them. I got these products and I looked on the back of the product. It usually says who imported that product to the United States. And the importer will usually sell it to you for cheaper. Even if it's a few cents, but think about it like a few cents with a hundred units, that's your lunch for the month with a like a hundred products that your salary for the month, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Most products have a distributor listed right on the, right on the item. Yeah. And because of where I live, New York city, most of the distributors are around me and all of them deliver for free and all of them will beg you to buy their stuff. I was told no a lot, but I wouldn't take no for as an answer, you know. Like when I called these Russian, this Russian wholesaler, they didn't even want to speak with me because, you know, they have high volume and you're like, you're an internet guy. What are you going to sell? Like, what are you going to take? A thousand dollars worth of inventory? They love me now. They're like, we would lose most of our customers, but not you. So that's, awesome. that's my other point. The better relationship you 
build with them, salesmen, salesmen and women always have something in their pocket. The nicer you are, the more discount you're going to get. That's great. Yeah. So you're working with the same people, placing repeat orders. Yeah. Building relationships, which is what we talk about all the time around here. It very naturally, I'm thinking, you know, I don't know a lot about Pakistani culture, admittedly, but it's a very relation driven, relationship driven culture. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like relationship. Oh, Pakistan is a different country. I was born and raised in Palestine. Oh, you said Palestine. I'm sorry. I thought yeah. I was thinking Pakistan. But okay. Yeah. But we're, is relation, are relationships considered a big part of? Because a lot of the Western culture, no. we discount relationships. We're like, ah, you know, you need your family, love your family, a few friends, that's it. You know, there's no need to expand your circle of relationships. It seems to me it's been very natural for you to build these relationships. Is that something that was ingrained in you or have you had to force yourself to kind of do that? So my first job after I graduated college was a retention specialist. Basically, I worked at an online uh, language school. People who would cancel their courses would come to me. My job was to convince these people not to cancel. To stay. Yes. So like... It's not a skill that everyone has. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to work. You need... You just have one to have one thing in your mind to never take no as an answer. You always have to find a different way to get in. So this Russian wholesaler, Jim, I called him more than five times. Then I was sick of that, so I just showed up in person. I was like, wow. "Do you guys? Okay, Jim, this is good. You showed you guys up in wanna, person. Yeah. So I was like, "Do you guys want to do business or not? This is my <laughs> this is my sales. This is how much money you can make off of me. I'm I'm very honest with you." And then they said, well, let's try. Here's our product list. And then I'm like, this isn't Russian. Like, (laughs) 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 you got to let me in in, in the warehouse. So they said, all right, just come back. Because they just wanted to, like, why you keep calling? You showed up in person. You have something to offer. If I just took no as an answer the first one or two or three times, I would have never found, I would have never made the much of money I am making right now. And wow. remember, this wholesaler is not known by any other people mm-hmm. because they're not on the internet. Unless you take your bike and go for a bike ride in, in Brooklyn, you will not find them. Right. So these products are, and the thing is, when, when Jimmy was saying about, by, you know, the Ripplins method, one thing I always kept in mind, I want to find items that are replenishable. I just can't say that word. That's a great word. No, you hit it perfectly. Uh, Replenishable. For me, and I want it to be them also replenishable for the customer. Right. If you hit these two, like if you sell pasta, it's it's a great thing you can get every month, but also Jim needs pasta every month. So Jim is going to subscribe and save with you. Jim is going to be a customer for you every month. So now Jim likes your pasta. Jim is recommending your pasta to, to, to his friend or cousin or whoever. And that cousin is going to do the same with you. And one way to differentiate yourself from the others, Jim, and I'm saying this because it works perfectly for me. Coupons on Amazon are underestimated. People never think of coupons. People just run PPC campaigns. When I list something, I price usually 3 or $4 more than the FBA seller. And I win the buy box because of my coupons. 
because mm-hmm. they don't find me through the, through winning the buy box or through the keyword. They find me in an Amazon page of more coupons. Yeah. yeah. Amazon loves to promote coupons. We haven't talked about coupons on here in a long time, but that's a great tip. Yes. If, if you're being seen, if you're... My, my repricer is usually... The minimum on my repricer is $4 more than the uh, highest price on the listing. So that's the minimum I can go. We're selling the same item. We're selling the same number of units, me and the other sellers. The only difference is I am making way more money than they are. And that's because of coupons. That's a great tip. They're very powerful, really powerful. That is a phenomenal tip. Yeah, we haven't had any coupon training in some time. Do you consider yourself a coupon expert? I wouldn't say expert, but I've been doing coupons since I started in March. Yeah, that's great. Well, maybe we have to get some content out of you on that topic. I know, I know there's some good content coming from you after this episode. <laughs> well, we're happy to talk about it. Uh, and one other thing I want to say, Jim, because I, I promised to say that and I don't want to get your listeners and my listeners upset. Uh, I just want to say that by hard work and smart work, it, it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. And trust me, because... English is not my first language. I did not grow up in America. I heard of Amazon as, as an Amazon.com in, for the first time in my life, four years ago, five years ago. Said, exactly. Yeah. Bought a keyboard. Incredible. Uh, not me, my, my host mom. Right. You didn't know how to use it. You just <laughs> took pictures have. of it when it showed up, amazed. <laughs> I didn't have a credit card back then. <laughs> right. When I started my Amazon journey, I invested $3,200. That's away from the money I invested in in the private label. Right, the 2,000 failed private label experience. Yes. Yes. So that, that, this is like a new $3,200. Right. I started in the beginning of March of 2020. By December 31st of 2020, in about 10 months, my business had with the products and, and everything uh, a little bit over $80,000. You said 80? 80,000, yes. That's amazing. That's like 20, 25 times than what I invested. And sometimes I don't believe that it works, but my bank account says something different. (laughs) It doesn't feel like real money sometimes. Exactly. It feels like a scam. (laughs) My wife always tells me like, she doesn't believe like how much money comes in and out of my business bank account. And this whole thing, Jim, has been in less than a year. This year so far, I have made sales as much as I made this whole past year. Wow, we're just three months in and you've made as much this year as last year. Actually, a bit more. You've made Um, more in the first three months of 2021. We're not even at the end of March yet. So, wow, that's incredible. What are you expecting to do this, this calendar year? I'm having the whole next month off of my full time job. Some of it is paid, some of it is not paid. But again, I don't care about the money they pay me. I just want the health insurance. <laughs> I need that month to build myself a system that can either go me full doing Amazon full-time or me automating Amazon full-time. So I, I need to work on that. I need to decide what I have to do in, in this month. And I also created a bundle uh, recently. Uh, and. It's been 
about 26 days since I created that bundle. It's selling really, really, really well. We made over maybe $1,500 this month so far uh, in net profit. And I, I need to work on more bundles that can bring value to the customers. And at the same time, no one else can come on the listing and sell the same bundle. Right. So you're protecting your bundles. Yeah. Uh, what strategy do you use to protect the bundles? And I still want to hear what your 2021 goal is as well. Yeah. So I usually use like boxes that have my my logo. Mm. Uh, I'm not brand registered, uh, but I also, what I did was very unique. I don't get the same stuff from one wholesaler. It's It's a mix from two wholesalers. So even if you get my box that has my logo, you will end up not finding this stuff because these stuff are imported by a person that's in Brooklyn, New York. And if you're not on your bike in Brooklyn, you will not find this person. <laughs> so it's going to be really difficult for you yeah. to come on my listing, even if you found the products. You know, I, Ahmed, I, you're, you're sparking so many ideas for so many listeners, even months or possibly even years after we've recorded this. Uh, this is very motivational stuff. It's very challenging. This is one of the reasons I love hanging out with those who are kind of new. I put you in the category of a new e-commerce seller. Oh, yeah. Because you just, you're not making the, the bad assumptions that I've got built in after 20 years. You know, if, if someone said to me, hey, ride your bike around Brooklyn and find trucks that don't have a, a Google list. Like, I've never thought of that. I've been doing this 20 years. I've never thought of like, I'm going to check on Google these different trucks I see. And if I don't see them on Google, I'm going to go after them hard. That's a great idea. Why haven't I thought of that? Why hasn't anyone ever presented that concept to me? It can be applied very widely. You know, just when you're out driving, look at the names on trucks. When you buy products, look at the distributor. If they're not on Google, hey, there could be some big opportunity there, <laughs> right? No one's sometimes you, those things. Sometimes you see white trucks, like trucks that don't have a logo or nothing, but you see them unloading some good stuff. So you just be friends with the guys. Just. Yeah, just ask them what company they work for. The phone I, number. I did have one guy tell me one time: if you ever see a, a company, a warehouse with truck docks, figure out a way to get in there and meet whoever is running that operation and find out what they do. There's gold in there for you. Yeah, because they've got stuff they can't sell, and you're the e-commerce guy that can sell it. There's opportunity there. So I, I have heard that analogy used before, uh, but again, we're back to you know relationships. Don't settle yeah. for no. Yeah. Make a phone call. Say, hey, can I come see your facility? Here's what I do. I think there might be some potential here. Business owners love talking with, with energized, driven you know, entrepreneurs who want to do something together. Sometimes it takes a little work, but man, you're doing, a, you're doing an awesome job. Well, yeah. Tell me about 2021. I don't want to get away from that. What's your, what are your goals for this year? My financial goals are to hit a million dollars this year. It's going to be my... my it's going to be a year and a half since I started selling on Amazon by the end of this year. It's going to be a little bit over a year and a half. I want to close that million dollars in sales. I'm not going to sell for no as an answer. I am able to find many new products all the time. And one of the reasons I took a whole month off next month is because this week I wasn't able to do anything because of work. If I did something this week, this is going to be reflected on, on next month. This is going to be reflected on me working longer hours on the weekend uh, instead of resting. I want to have a whole month where I can work nine to five on Amazon. Right. And instead of that, just doing 
like three hours here, three hours there. You know, I, I just want to focus on Amazon. I just want to get to that million dollars because that's, that's the hardest part. Because once you hit that million, the second one is not too far. The second one is so easy, actually. And I've seen it myself. I have, I just told you, I have made 25 double of the money I started with. So if I was able to do that, I believe the million dollars with, with 40% net profit is not too far from here by the end no, of the day. No, it's not. It's not. With the, with the path you're on, the strategies you're using, your willingness to establish relationships and have conversations, it's just the tip of the iceberg. The, the million dollar year is, is going to be a distant memory of a nice goal met very soon. Five years from now, I can't wait to see where you are. As I like to say sometimes on this show, Muhammad, if you were a stock, like I'd buy you over Bitcoin anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take a Bitcoin. <laughs> you've, you've got a very bright future, my friend, and, and your motivations are beautiful. And you know, yes, you're yes, doing you it for, a, you're driven by a wife and a young daughter that you want to serve well. And man, you've got, a, you've got a great future ahead of you. I'm just excited to see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, to those who are listening, I do every single thing on my own. I am the only person who's doing everything, sourcing, tripping, shipping to Amazon. Everything is, is a one-man job. And remember, I, I have a two-year-old daughter. I have a full-time job. And I'm closing about $60,000 in sales every month. That's if awesome. I can do this in, in the craziest city in the world with all of my life circumstances, I guess someone who's living in the suburbs where it's more calm, they have a garage, they have a space, think they would do much more that, that, than this. And by the way, Jim, one of the goals for this year, if, if things work out really well, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but hopefully uh, we'll get a warehouse in, in New Jersey, like maybe half an hour away from me because it's cheaper. And sure. uh, once I have a warehouse, remember that's going to also cut the shipping from me to Amazon. So right. that's going to mean that's going to mean more money for me. And the bigger your space is, you will always feel it's empty. So you'll always stock that space with stuff. You will always get more stuff because you will always have the feeling that it's empty. And because e-commerce sellers don't see their products, you should be always hungry. You should be always scared that you're not making enough money. You should always have that hunger of, of wanting to make more money. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I can't say I disagree with that drive of there's always, you should always be building. You know, for me, I, I I borrow from the biblical analogy of stewardship. You know, as a Christian, I see everything that I have around me as it belongs to God. And my job as a steward is to protect and expand that territory. So I'm never satisfied because I'm working on a project that belongs to another, right? So yeah. I'm never satisfied. I'm never done building. I'm never done growing. I'm never done trying. I'm never done brainstorming and being creative. And it's not that I want more stuff. And I'm not hearing that from you either. It's not like, oh, I really want you know, that third car. It's I'm never satisfied because I know there's more I could be and should be doing. And you want the brightest possible future for your kids. Like what parent doesn't want that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I just didn't want her to have the same, the same past I had. You know, it, it yeah. wasn't easy for me to, be, to have no opportunities in the place where I grew up. Are you a writer by any chance? No. You should be. Uh, 
<laughs> you, you, really, you need to document your story. You really do. I think a lot of people would be fascinated by it. Thank you. I, I, that's so motivated. Like my wife always tells me I should, because there is so many, I know we're limited on time, but there are so many things, you know, you come across the way when, when living basically. And it's just the time we have today is so tight. That's why I'm not able to share everything. Well, well I want to have you back again. Let's, you know, let's say six months from now, we want an update from Muhammad and I can hear everyone listening to this episode right now going, yeah, yeah, I want to hear where this guy is in six months. I'm sitting here thinking when he's famous, I hope he remembers who I am. That's what I'm sitting here thinking right now. So I'm excited to see where you're going. I really am. And I know there's so much more to your story. I mean, just, I, I want to, I want to learn how you, one of my favorite things is how'd you learn English? You know, I asked a guy who, he came to our event a couple of years ago and I asked him how he had learned English. And he said, he watched the TV show Friends. <laughs> like, that's how he learned English. I was amazed by that. And like, I apologize. I'm like, that's not how America really is. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I knew that. <laughs> but his English was impeccable just from watching. So I'm always fascinated. You know, by Yeah, it's movies and songs, man. I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. Movies and songs. Yeah. But I, I wanted to say something just to, when you do a business like this, Jim, you always ask yourself, what's my goal? Like, why am I doing this? Right. And remember in the beginning to me, it was all about finding a hobby to do. It wasn't even about making money. It, right. Like the money, the money I'm making today is, is good money. But again, I am very passionate about this type of business. I am very happy. I put in it so much energy, so much time because I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much actually to the point where I have a slide in, in the, in my basement for my daughter. She comes down, she plays with the slide and I print my products. So we talk, we play. I have found ways to connect with my family through this business as well. You know, as I said before, whatever issue you have, if you really want to make this work, you will always have to find a way of maneuvering yourself around to be able to put the time and energy. Look, man, I wish I knew about Jimmy's course of, of replants a year ago. Things would have been so much different by yeah. now. Yeah. But you focused on the lesson but instead everyone, of the loss. And everyone those were valuable lessons, now. right? And they prepared you to, to truly appreciate the opportunity that's in front of you now. Of course. But, but think about it, Jim. Everyone that's listening now have an opportunity. They do. Right? They do. I wish yeah. I had this opportunity when I started because... The biggest, the, the biggest challenge I have, Muhammad, having done this 20 years, is our message gets blended in with so much garbage. So that's why I, I make this show. I focus on success stories because to my knowledge, there's no other community out there, podcast or experts in the how to sell an e-commerce arena show after show after show is successful students of the stuff they teach, right? It's the experts telling you what they've learned and what they know. That gets old really fast. I want to see the students who are succeeding. And that's, that's one thing I'm very proud about of this show. So that's how we break through the noise. And to hear you passionately say, hey, there's opportunity out there for everyone. As a guy that had to learn English by watching movies in Palestine, you know, that's pretty impressive. So I'm grateful for your testimonial and for for your work ethic and attitude. And um, I've learned a lot more, I think, than anyone else who's going to listen to this show today. I've truly enjoyed getting to know you a little bit. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you again, for sure. 
course, of course. Uh, I, I would be happy to keep in touch and just see where things are going to go. And hopefully next time we'll bike together and put some some trucks. You know, you never know. Yes, for sure. Um, I'd love for you to come to one of our live events too. You're going to be a bit of a celebrity. Everyone who, who appears on the podcast, they kind of get recognized at our events and people come up and you'll probably get some people contacting you. Please feel no obligation whatsoever to respond to all the messages from all the good people who are going to try to get a hold of you and, and ask, for, ask for some time. Hey, can we get some coffee sometime? <laughs> I, I think you always want to be mentoring somebody, but you can't mentor everyone. Yeah. You know, I'm curious too, this popped in my head, Mohammed. I'd love to see a picture of your workspace and the slide. And would you mind showing us a picture of that that we could put with this episode? Is that asking too much? Would you be okay with uh, that? A picture of, of my slide and, and the place Just I put. your workspace where you do your stuff and where your, your yeah, kids sure. slide, your child's, your daughter's slide is. And sure. if, if you're okay with showing your daughter, I mean, some people don't like to do that, you know, just maybe a bit. Uh, just, I'm just trying to paint this visual of your workspace. I'd love to see it. I don't think she's going to be in it. And I don't think any of my products will be in it. <laughs> oh, just whenever it's convenient. Uh, this podcast episode yeah. won't be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely take a picture and, and send it as soon as I can. That'd be great. Yeah, I think people would love to see it. I think they just, you know, just you created that nice visual of that place where you enjoy time with your daughter while working and families under the same roof doing life together. I mean, that's my core mission. Part of my core why is bringing dads home. You maybe heard me say that before, but for, for sons and daughters who have their dad just around more, the benefits are endless. And so I love doing what I can to make that happen. And, and I don't know what it feels like to be a mom who gets to be home. I love helping make that happen. I know what it feels like to be a dad who gets to be home. And I want that for as many dads as possible. But our, our content works for anybody, obviously. But that's that's an awesome achievement you have there. And I'm excited for you to go full-time. I think that's right. Yeah. And build a team too. That's coming soon for you. You'll have a team soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I have that. That's one of the reasons I also need next month off because... If I want to take this to the next level, I need to have some help. I don't think I'll be able to do... I mean, I, I would be able to do the whatever I can do on my own, but definitely I need some help. Yes. Uh, yeah. you'll, you'll be offloading these tasks to, to others. Yeah. And, you know, part of the entrepreneur journey is you only do the things that only you can do and you slowly offload tasks onto others and they operate with excellence Whereas you're used to wearing all the hats, you start taking those hats off and giving them to other people, they get better at wearing those hats than you ever were. Yeah. Soon, yeah. You're only doing the things that only you can do. And that kind of comes down to the relationships. The relationship. Yeah. Meeting people, finding new opportunities, building relationships with your team. You're the relationship guy. You can't really outsource that. But everything else, you can pass off to others eventually in this business and, and build a real business that can be sold as an asset someday. So well done, man. Well, this is a Thank longer you. episode. I need to wrap this one up. We don't usually go this long, but I think the listeners are going to be truly fascinated, enjoy this one, and, and we want their feedback. Any final thoughts before I wrap this one up? Yeah, I mean, just please do not scan your PC codes. Say the guy that always scanned your PC codes, always used tools to scan your PC codes and ended up with nothing, ended up with the same thing over and over and over again. And... I know this this episode was full of some good information, but I think the most important thing, you never take no as an answer. Never, ever take no as an answer. 
And if you wanna if you wanna succeed in this business, you always have to come out with some ways that are creative, that are your ways that are not known by other people to get the best out of it. And you can use my story as an example. Most people run away from wholesale because they think it doesn't have enough profit, but I only do wholesale using Jimmy's method of uh, replants. And my business has taken me places where I have never imagined myself to, to be in, in places like this. So please just be patient and never take no as an answer. That's fantastic. You've got to get a YouTube channel. I'm going to make you do it. I'm going to hound you every time we talk from now on until you do it. Just got this, is, you've got a presence about you, man, and a confidence about you and such a bright future. Uh, again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you today, Mohammed. I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a second and just say, hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did today. If it was just Mohammed and I, I'd be thrilled. But the fact that thousands of other people are going to get to hear this, man, I'm just, I'm excited to hear your feedback and what you think. And uh, I'm honored to get to spend time. And thank you, listener, for making it possible for me to get to spend time with great guys like this. This is what I get to do for a living. It's, it's one of the ways that I, that I uh, work is bringing these podcast episodes to you and uh, growing our community through this great messages like this. So thank you for spreading the word. If you listen to this show, please send your friends to silentgym.com to check out the other great episodes. If you're watching us on YouTube, I need to remind you that most of our episodes aren't on YouTube. Typically, we do audio only. It's only recently that we started doing YouTube and not all of our recent episodes are on YouTube. So jump over to silentgym.com and you can hear all the other stuff that you've been missing and get into our free Facebook group too. We're about 64,000 plus people now. Great guys like Muhammad hanging out in there sharing tips and strategies. You're not among competitors. You're among fellow business building warriors who are rooting for your success. That's what we do all day, every day around here. So God bless all the business building warriors out there. Big thank you to my guest today, Muhammad. You are phenomenal, my friend. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll have another great episode again for all the business building warriors out there again real soon. Talk to you then. I, I hope so. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.